Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, we are back again with more Weekly Jump goodness. Uh, This one has our first science experiment inside of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I'm very excited about this week, mostly because I had some uh, some weird things to cover. And uh, before we go into those, let's do our giveaway at the very start of this one. Yeah. Um, so our, our newest giveaway thing is uh, my murder watch. Uh, that is the that is the keyword for this one. Um, it is for a Tokyo Ghoul watch. <laughs> oh, so you can so represent the people-eating characters of your dreams on your damn wrist. (laughs) What's the code word again? Oh, it's uh, My Murder Watch. Oh. Well, get it in, CWS, y'all. Yeah. If you want a Tokyo Ghoul Watch... I would not want that. This is the first giveaway that I did not want to enter. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is this is exciting because we we keep on getting like fun things from uh, our our Geekly Grind wonderful you know collaboration partners. Um, we uh, I got a box of goodies. Uh, some of them are are going to our our um, our our patreon patrons right now the patrons um so that's that's really exciting um and oh there are patron there are patron wizards yeah oh man yeah exactly uh also speaking of the geekly grind so i uh i have a lot of podcasts that i listen to um and i tried out the other podcasts in our um in our network which are Knights of the Rolled Table and Comic Book Keepers. Mm-hmm. Those are the two ones. Uh, it turns out that I just do not have any interest in listening to people play role-playing games on podcast form. Uh, so that one did not do it for me, but that's really just a personal taste thing. However, Comic Book Keepers is phenomenal. It's so good. And there's this there's this other show that I was trying to get into that's been around for a while called uh, Journey into Misery. And I just really had a hard time connecting with that one. And Comic Book Keepers is basically the same idea, which is kind of giving you an overview of different comic book characters or teams uh, and some of their like big story beats and then discussing them. Uh, it's basically the same premise of a show, but I just, uh, I just really... Really preferred it. <laughs> We're going to get into these episodes. I will say that uh, I I connect with both of the different podcasts, mostly because I, I love the way that Comic Book Keepers is, is broken down. And then Knights of the Rolled Table, um, I will say that, uh, like, I, I think Blake is of the opinion that he wouldn't even connect with something like you know, a really gigantic show like Critical Role or something, because um, Critical Role is like the same sort of thing. But I... I do enjoy those, and I think one of the things that is a, a good um, starting point for people with Knights of the Roll Table is that you can pick it up at the beginning of something like that, so you should put it in that same sort of, like, you know, pantheon if you're interested. 
Yeah, that's that is the point that I wanted to make. Not that Knights of the World Table isn't good. Uh, that's actually something I meant to say when I was thinking about bringing this up a few days ago, which is that I thought it was really good. I thought the production value was pretty good. I thought that the actors—I don't know if you would call them actors. I mean, they are acting, but like they're acting in the way that like people who are into playing the role-playing game are, rather than like I don't know other uh, other shows that hire actual actors i don't know that these are actors but they are acting and they're doing they're like really committing they're doing a good job like everybody is playing their characters and it's it's just it turns out that it's not something i'm interested in and i i kind of already knew that because we have a friend that works on critical role uh and she was one of my best friends in college and I usually like to check out the things that my friends are doing when they do a thing that can be checked out. And I have not checked out that thing because I just, I'm just i just not interested. And yeah, the only reason I, I listened to Knights of the World Table was because I'm like, they're in our podcast network. I kind of have to. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I listened to the first episode and I was like, all right, I don't think I'm going to listen anymore because I just don't yeah, care. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's. I, I like it. Blake doesn't like it just yeah. because he doesn't like those kind of things. But you should definitely check it out so yeah. you can see what you think. Um, with all of that being said, um, let's get into these uh, these page flips first um, because I read something that I was not prepared to read, um, which <laughs> was uh, Fushigi Yugi. Um, Fushigi Yugi. Oh, I definitely spelled um, that wrong. Is that. is something that uh, we we got um, as 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 part of like our our crossover with uh, Geekly Grind, um, I got it, and I was just like, I'm interested in this because of two things. Number one, I never read shoujo because like it's just it, it's not my real thing. You know, we are because we are shown in yes. trash. You could just say yeah, that. <laughs> and because of that, it's just something that we don't really cover very often. However. I have heard a lot of really interesting things about uh, Fushiyugi um, because it uh, has like a strong fantasy element to it. And I will say that like it did not disappoint because of that. Um, it is a older manga. Um, if you haven't looked it up before, um, there was a, an anime that ended, um, or it looks like, uh, there was a, there was another series that ended in like 2013. Um, and then there is like another series after that, um, another prequel that ended in 2017. So it's been going for a long time. Um, if you want to look up some of the older stuff, uh, you, you definitely should. It's, it's a really interesting older manga to check out. Um, but uh, the reason why I didn't expect this to kind of like hit me where it did was because like I, you know, I have a very young daughter. <laughs> and one of the things about this is a father um, loses his younger daughter when she gets like sucked into um, the realm of this like enchanted book. Um, and so it's his like very young daughter gets like ripped from him in the first chapter and it's just like, Oh God, like <laughs> hit me like right in the feels, um, of it. And, uh, it's a really interesting manga, by the way, it's like, yeah, it has some elements where it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's got like those funny cutaway moments that kind of felt kind of like Sailor Moon cutaway, um, where like they go from their normal faces to like very, you know, super 
super cute faces that are more cartoony. Um, but the other thing that it has, which is probably my favorite part about it is there are, um, there's a person that turns into like a weird mythological tiger monster, um, and like, uh, attacks and, you know, hurts people away from our main character. Like in, uh, like in the uh oh fuck what's that called bunko bunko um very different from that because this feels like a mythological world from like almost a fairy tale okay. um it, it okay. especially because it's, it takes place inside of a book so like we we start off with like the uh the the father of our uh, protagonist um um, and he is uh, trying to destroy this book. He takes it to like an, a, a place that is like an industrial furnace and tries to burn it. Um, he uh, tries to cut it with a paper cutter. He tries to take it to like a shrine so they can seal it so that he can destroy it. Um, none of these places can deal with it. So he's just like, you know what I'll do? I'll lock it in my desk drawer and nobody's going to get it there. Um, so that doesn't end up working out and his daughter finds it and he's like, no, don't touch this. Um, and she's like, okay. And then he's like, I thought I left that drawer locked. Um, but then there is an earthquake. And the only way to make sure that she doesn't die because like the ceiling is falling in on her is he tells her to pick up the book and open the book. And when that happens, she gets sucked into it. Um, and she's just like, what's happening? And he's like, it's okay. We'll be with you from the other side, but you're going to have to find your way out. And it's just kind of like, oh God. Um, so it's, it's definitely much more than I expected. It has a really cool premise. Um, it is one of those that, you know, it is an older one, so be prepared for that. Um, but the the new series that have been coming out, there's an anime series that is as recent as 2012. Um, so if you wanted to watch um, that, you can definitely pick that up. Um, so I think this is one that needs more roughing up, uh, for sure. Um, but uh, that's... That's all I really have to say about it. What what about you? What did you read? Uh, I read a peculiar manga in that I think that some people would uh, protest and not agree that it is a manga. This is a manga called Fangirl, and it is actually an adaptation of a novel by this novelist named Rainbow Rowell. I believe I'm pronouncing correctly. She is a, a novelist who's, it looks like her first book was published in 2012. So she's been active for a little bit. Uh, she is currently the writer of Marvel's Runaways, which I believe is uh, part of the reason I know her. I also remember a friend of mine going to a panel that she was um, she was on, or that was just a panel of her. I don't remember exactly what, cause it didn't get to go with them, but that was at this year's C2E2 back in February, right before all of the things shut down. I cannot believe we went to that. Uh, but we did, and she was there and they went to a panel for her and Rainbow Rowell is an author that I've had my eyes on for a while, but I don't actually think I've read any of her stuff. She just, her name has come up in areas of interest because I'm really into young adult literature and I usually enjoy like sci-fi fantasy kind of action adventure stuff in a, in a move that shocks no one. But I also have a soft spot for romance, um, particularly LGBT romance. And she has written a couple of those, I believe. So she's been in my, in my sort of like needs to check out orbit for a while. This is the first time I've read anything of hers. So uh, Fangirl looks like it's her second novel. Back in 2013, she published it. And the manga adaptation, this is the 
first volume, and I read just shy of 100 pages of the first volume, which runs for about 200, 212, somewhere around there, pages. So I got almost uh, almost halfway through, and uh, it looks like this is volume one of a planned four-volume manga spinoff of the novel. Uh, so again, I haven't read any of her stuff, and this is a manga adaptation. I I assume that she ad- adapted the script for it, and uh, the art is being done by uh, someone named Gabby Nam, who I don't know, but I believe is not a Japanese mangaka. So again, you may protest that this is not quite manga. However, it is being called a manga. It's being advertised by Viz Media, which are the people that put out Shonen Jump and Shoujo Beat. So I think uh, for my purposes, uh, I am pretty pretty okay with manga being a style, and that's the style being used here. It reads like a manga. So that's what it is. Uh, Fangirl is about a girl named Kath who is in her first year at college, and... She's having a really hard time with it. She has extreme social anxiety. So, like, this manifests at one point and she goes to the, uh, she goes to the, like, cafeteria, lunchroom area and she, like, she gets so anxious about where to stand in line and where to go after she's picked up her food that she literally just leaves and doesn't eat in the cafeteria area for, like, multiple months. Uh... So she's dealing with a lot of anxiety. Uh, she's also a fan fiction writer uh, with a pretty huge following, which I believe mirrors Rainbow Rowell's real world experience. I think she was a fan fiction writer who then ascended to become an actual fiction writer. Uh, and so I think she's kind of drawing on her own personal experiences here. So basically, Kath is having a really hard time adjusting to college life she's having a really hard time living in the real world and she is really digging into the fan fiction world as a sort of means of escape her fan fiction obsession is also a relatively popular series that has its final book coming out soon so she has set herself a goal of finishing her own final book adaptation story before the real final book comes out and uh she talks a lot about that um and then otherwise basically is just really uncomfortable around people at college she also has a twin sister and it sounds like they're very close growing up and the twin sister is now utilizing the brand new college experience and environment as a way to sort of find her own individuality at one point she's like if we continue to live together and do things together people are gonna you know not really be able to tell us apart until four years from now and i don't want to do that like i want to be my own person starting now and so kath is having a really hard time with this she feels super lonely she feels super isolated and uh, i also read the plot summary of the novel on wikipedia so uh, i kind of get where it's going but i will say i had a really hard time with this i really really wanted to like it and uh then i started reading it and i immediately did not connect with calf because i have a lot of social anxiety in certain situations 
but it, it doesn't manifest in the same way. And I, I would say it's much more muted than the, the character's social anxiety. And just like the things that she's struggling with, just I don't have a personal connection to those struggles. Uh, even though I do struggle with social anxiety sometimes. And so I guess I just really had a hard time connecting with the character. And her anxiety is pretty extreme. Again, she didn't eat. She didn't, she, she just basically stopped eating and only ate like energy bars, like protein granola bars or whatever that she already had in her bedroom for like months because she couldn't figure out where to go after she would have purchased the food in the line for food. Like that's just, it's a level of anxiety some people literally deal with and some people literally connect with. And I just I just didn't. And so I had a really hard time buying into this character, not because I felt like she was unrealistic, but because I felt like I I just don't have a connection to this experience. And it was kind of frustrating to live in her anxiety when, for me, those problems would not be problems. And I would not find those to be anxious, anxiety-causing situations or ongoing problems. Um so, so I struggled with that. Then she started writing fan fiction, and I was like, I write fan fiction. I know what this is about. So I kind of connected with that um, a little bit. So I, I had ups and downs. Um, the other challenge that I had with this was uh, – oh, a, a small note about the fan fiction is that sometimes the manga switches into the fan fiction perspective. And at first, I thought it was an advertisement for a different series, and I was very confused because it switches without warning or transition a few times. And so I didn't realize that we were looking at a fan fiction that was in universe until like the third or fourth time it came up. So I had a little bit of trouble with the presentation of this. I think the art is lovely. I don't think the story is particularly hard to follow despite what I just said. Um, but I was really having a hard time connecting with the main character and I was really not quite sure where it's going. Uh, and so I, I read the plot synopsis on Wikipedia and I get it. I get where it's going. Um, I think similarly to the podcast we were talking about earlier, this is a good thing that is not for me. So if you're the kind of person who really connects uh, or enjoys um, these kinds of like anxious protagonists that are dealing like their their main challenge in the story seems to be dealing with social anxiety um, you know, if that's just something that you really jive with for whatever reason, you will probably enjoy this quite a bit. Um, it also seems like she's going to be dealing with some interesting social pressures as the story goes on. As far as like being in college, there's definitely a lot of that, like being out on your own and finding that to be frightening, which was, again, opposite of my experience. I was like, yes, I'm alone, finally. So like, you know, this is if you're that kind of person that feels like this experience speaks to you. I would check this out. I, I'm not that kind of person. Uh, so I was disappointed to find that I did not connect with this very well. Uh, but I do think that if you're the kind of person who can connect with it, you're going to really enjoy it. Cool. Um, so I uh, think I I am the most excited about the fact that we are about to talk about our, our newest science experiment with our screen time. Mm. Um, so we're going to go first back to Blake um, and tell me how much did you love this basketball anime? 
I liked it. Ahiru no Sora, which sounds familiar because we talked about it last week. Yep. Uh, if you don't remember, if you weren't around, we both watched Ahiru no, or Spencer watched Ahiru no Sora. I watched a certain scientific railgun, and then we switched for this week. Uh, so I watched the first episode. I wish I had watched the second one, but I had work to do and not enough time to devote to watching something that did not have a dub. So I only watched the first episode. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I... Uh, like I've mentioned several times recently, I started reading Haikyuu. I definitely see that this has some Haikyuu similarities as far as the sort of plucky protagonist that is, you know, uh, making up for a lack of experience with a, a you know, boatload of enthusiasm. Uh, I will say this is also pretty different from Haikyuu as far as the sort of foundational situations. Um, specifically in this, the guy who's playing, this is, this is a, an anime about basketball and the guy who, uh, is our main character who wants to play basketball seems to already be a pretty competent basketball player at the start of this versus, uh, in Haikyuu, uh, Hinata is just an aspirational volleyball player who has an outstanding natural athletic ability. Um, so this guy seems to be coming more from the perspective. It, it's almost like a reverse Haikyuu is what I was thinking of while I was watching the first episode. Because Haikyuu is about a kid who wants to be, play volleyball really badly, but nobody will play with him. And then he the story picks up when he finally gets into uh, a high school where there is a volleyball team. And now he has teammates. And now he has to take this enthusiasm, in, enthusiasm and this natural athleticism um, and you know hone it. Whereas this is a guy who has honed skills who finds out that the basketball team is basically a front for a group of sort of like thugly guys who want to just lay around and intimidate people. And uh, the skilled character, it seems like he's going to be pulling them out of their shells uh, and, you know, teaching them how to want to play basketball and how to sort of believe in the dream. So, uh, I really feel like it's a reverse Haikyuu. I feel like the same things that are going to pull you into Haikyuu as far as the, like, you know, maximum optimism, the, you know, working really hard for a goal, and then the sort of nail-biting games uh, is going to... I think those are going to be, you know, carried through. And those are the main selling points of Haikyuu, I would say. So I think if you are into Haikyuu, especially if you are into Haikyuu without having a personal connection to the sport of volleyball, you should check out Ahiro no Sora. I actually played basketball a lot growing up, so I have a personal connection to basketball. Um, I I really enjoyed watching this. I think that there's some things about like the color palette I wish was a little brighter and stuff like that, but um, you know my gripes are super minor. I thought it was really really interesting. I thought the character design uh, for one of the side characters is like my favorite character design I've seen in a while. Um, and I, I think that this show has a lot of promise, um, and I think it's going to be a big hit for people that are looking for like an action packed series that doesn't necessarily have to be people fighting. Uh, and I think it's a show that I wouldn't be surprised to find myself watching in the near future. Yeah, man. 
Okay, so I covered a certain scientific railgun, um, and I will say first and foremost that uh, I want to watch the series before this series, um, and the biggest reason why is because I did some like deep diving with uh, a couple of people on Reddit where I was like, okay, I want to know what people feel about this series. Is there like a rabid fan base? There is a fan base. It doesn't seem to be as big as I thought it might be. Um, they did really, really want me to watch the the previous series so i think we should definitely go back to that as something that we do in the future um but i will say that uh i agreed with your original um representation of it first and foremost the biggest and that was that it seems like it has some cool parts and some parts that we just don't Yeah. And the biggest reason that I don't connect with a lot of the parts, and I think it might be a problem with the way that the series starts, is that it feels like it's just so full of fluff to begin the series. And I think the reason why is so that you can start to connect with these characters on like a little bit of a personal level before you start to understand the intrigue of the world around them. Um, I will say that the power system inside of this universe is really interesting. However, I think that it is inferior to the world building and the power system that is in um, a fire forest right now. And the biggest okay. reason why I connected with those is because in the first battle, there is a battle between um, an electromancer, somebody who can do um, like teleportation. And then one of the guys is a pyrokinetic. And the problem that I have with that is that it feels like his pyrokinetic powers are very like simplified. Um, and I think that that's just, you know, might just be because he, he, you know, has like a bit part as a villain inside of this character and he's meant to be outclassed immediately. But it sort of bummed me out because I really wanted to see their like a more expansive world around what you can do with these powers. And the biggest one that stuck out to me inside of these for this first couple of episodes is the I, I cannot remember her name off the top of my head. Um, let me look it up real quick. Um, do, do, do. I can't find it. Anyways, it's the girl that has uh, <laughs> the, the teleportation ability. Um, and uh-huh. the biggest reason why I was so interested in her is because one of my favorite characters inside of comic books is Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler's ability is not actually that he can disappear in one place and reappear in another place. What he does is he rips a hole in time and space, goes through it, and then rips another hole about that same distance and through time and space on the other side and comes out the other side of it. That's why he's like jumping through a space and that's why he needs to know where he's going to and about the distance that he's going to. Otherwise, he can't like run through that space. And the reason... Yeah, he's- really more of a dimensional portaler than a teleporter Correct. even though it functionally works like teleportation yeah and great great x-men evolution episode about this by the by yeah and one of the reasons why you see blue smoke when he does that is that his favorite universe to go to to do this is full of blue smoke because he thinks it looks cool when he comes out the other side and every time i see a teleporter i like rank them against nightcrawler it's like i i don't know if i want to do that or if it's just something subconscious about it but yeah that seems like a bad plan but, you know i understand <laughs> but like that's how i ranked it against it and i was just like oh her power is cool but it also seems like it you know i i need more flushing out on it and that's why i want to watch this 
series before it as well, because I'm like, I want to see the buildup of people inside of the powers of this world and not just be dropped into them already being like their full fledged badass selves with abilities like the railgun girl. Um, her ability is like insanely powerful. Um, it's, it's too, if you don't know what a railgun is, uh, it, it's, you have basically a stopper at the end of a plunger. Um, and then you build up, uh, a, like a magnetic charge on the other side of it, um, to the point where like it is, it is going to, you know, building up an insane amount of pressure with electromagnetism on the other side. And then you release the stopper. And as soon as you release that stopper, it is going to propel whatever is on the other side of it as you know release all the pressure at once so it's going to shoot out they you know it's like opening a bottle of champagne with electricity correct and they they talk about it, a really cool example of it if you ever want to see like a railgun realized with like a scientific term behind it um you should watch um oh gosh what's the name of the show it's on amazon um it is about people in space uh it's called the expanse um the expanse oh yeah they use a railgun inside of the expanse to like shoot a like a bolt of like metal through um through like a ship in space and that is the people talk about that they're like shoot a missile into space and it's just like you know it actually would be better to shoot a rail gun um and the reason why is because you can build up so much speed that you could break from orbit because of the amount of pressure that you can build up that's like the reason why you can get like trains that are on electromagnets to go so fast too um but it's it's one of the things that was really intriguing to me, but it's one of those things that I definitely need more roughing up on. And I want to yeah, watch so, the series before the series for sure. Okay. So, uh, so it sounds like your reaction is similar to mine, which was I enjoyed the last half or so that was the more shonen action half. I had a hard time with the sort of character building in the beginning. Cause I think they, I think they buried the lead and they, they, they separated the the introductory characterization from the hook of the series a little bit. Maybe that's just because it's a sequel series and, and that's our fault. But uh, for me, at the end of the first episode, I was like, well, the end of that episode was so cool that I kind of want to watch another one. But before we got there, I was really looking forward to not watching anymore. And then I didn't watch anymore. But I was like, what am I missing out on? It's like, where are you with that? Um, I think... I think that the biggest thing that turned me off about the show was just how much how much fluff is in the beginning of it and how little world building I wanted from it. And I think that that is exactly on the nose. Like it is a sequel series. So the people that are on it are the the, the people that have already gotten on the train like a like a Baruto. Um, you know, where like yeah. they they've already accepted the world. They just want more characters to play in that world now. And I think yeah. I think that's why I want to watch the original series more. And I am worried about that because people complain about the original series more than they complain about the sequel series. And so I'm worried that, you know, it's it's going to let me down. Um, but <laughs> with all that being said and us talking about, um, you know, real world stuff and interesting ways to do it, I am in love with our last series, which is our tag team. Um, yeah. Keep your hands off. It's okay. It is. Holy so, shit. So this good. Is good. <laughs> okay. Not only Fuck, is the, this is good. not only is the animation style. Fantastic. <laughs> not only does it have amazing, strong female leads that are 
completely off the beaten path. Um, it is not, it will not talk down to you. Um, it gives you characters that seem realistic. It gives you characters that, you know, don't have to look like perfect people. Um, it gives you characters that, you know, are definitely feel like, I I almost wanted to like refer to it as really strong child acting like something you would have in like Stranger <laughs> Things uh, but I you know they are you know uh, most of the most of the people that are doing the voices in this are you know adult uh voice actors Yeah but I think I think I kind of see what you're getting at because a lot of the times in anime the characters are children like the middle school students are really popular protagonist demographic for anime and i was gonna say especially shonen anime but i think it's also true in other genres like it's just it kind of like the young adult novel thing where like the characters are often the age of the intended audience which is teenager Mm -hmm. uh but the writers are adults and they want to deal with adult things and so the character you know like ichigo in bleach is 15 he acts like an adult yeah Uh, you know this is also well, Naruto's maybe not the best example, but Naruto Shippuden Naruto is much more adult than Naruto Naruto. He's only like 14 or 15 years old. Like the characters in a certain scientific railgun are like 12 or 13 or something like that. And they're like, one of them is a member of the city police force. Like they're the, the ages of the characters is often completely detached from the personalities of the characters and the way that they interact with the world around them. And this show, these characters feel in a way that is fun and enjoyable, like they are kids in school together. Yeah, it is incredibly enjoyable. It is um, number number one. I, I would say that it has a really cool premise. So the the premise that starts you out is um, it's a it's a young girl. She's moving to a new town and she's starting at um, it seems like a, a new school. Um, so we get like the 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 first step back moment of this, right? Um, so this is going to be um, I think it's uh, Midori um, is going to be the the lead character. Yeah, I think so. Um, and uh, she is coming to this school um, and getting introduced to all of these different people. Um, she wants to be a part of the anime club, but she is sort of like socially awkward. Um, so she has to get her friend to come along with her. And I love her friend's character design so much. So, so good. <laughs> she's best. That She's my favorite one. She's, she's April uh, from Parks and Rec. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. So much. Yeah. She is. It's so, these three characters are so fucking good. Um, yeah. So, so like the, the main character is like the dreamer who wants to be an anime artist. And then, uh, the, this April, April from Parks and Rec (laughs) is like, she is this sort of like, she's one, she's very tall. Yeah. She's clearly already hit her growth spurt and she has this kind of like, permanent grimace on her face and she's just hilarious and endearing (laughs) and she her whole thing every time her her friend is the one that's like let's go do this thing and she's like i don't want to do that thing and her friend is like well i will bribe you (laughs) by buying you some milk and then the girl like haggles her way to getting more stuff like she is the character who's, who's always like how can i turn this into me getting free shit yeah and it's it's hilarious and it's not like it's great because she's not like a party pooper like she's not complaining the whole time she's just 
kind of manipulating to get what she wants in order to, you know, accompany her friend to a thing that she doesn't want to do necessarily, but she she will go. But she's going to be like, you know, you owe me. You got to buy me dinner, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, she's not a shit about anything. And then she's just funny. Like, it's just... Like the, it's uh, you could fuck this character up so easily, and they just don't. It's so good. Yeah. So they run into our third character, who seems like she's going to be the 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 last there last main character that's in the start of the show. Um, she is apparently a I think she's part of like a mob family, and also like a, a family of famous actors and actresses. Um, I didn't get the mob <laughs> vibe from her, but they they said that she she herself is a famous model, mm. and her parents are both actors. Yeah. So she is expected to not do anime because they believe it is below her. So she is coming into this anime showing, and um, that is where our lead character is going to run into her for the first time. Um, they have a fantastic chase sequence where they run into like a theater space, and they end up like uh, shaking, shaking the tail of uh, the the very famous girl that they're befriending. Um, she ends up getting like milk on her. This all leads this all leads up to our final sequence which is the reason and the hook and the thing that you will come back to this show because of. And that is that our lead character loves drawing anime landscapes. She loves anime. Our other character loves... she's world builder. Yeah. Our other character loves drawing characters and building characters. And they have a shared imagination moment where they are starting to create the world of an anime together and you jump into that world with them and have this amazing like chase sequence where they're like trying to get this like dragonfly machine flying and they they finally get it off and there's like this amazing like flight sequence and i think two things from this really really blew me away not only was the animation fantastic that should be a given but here's the phenomenal it's some of the best animation we've seen in a long time this looks like this looks like a high budget like theater release movie and it is a show yeah and here's the two things that i think will like break them completely away number one is that the art style for the characters when they are in the world of the anime that they are creating the things around them are drawn in a different shading so it makes you feel like you are dealing with like a mixed media art form but it's all animated and number two the soundscape inside of the anime world is the characters making the sounds as if they're playing make-believe and it's done as a soundscape vocal sound oh my god not like (laughs) it's not like if you were doing a helicopter it's not the person like trying to make rotor sounds and only that but it is like a person trying to make rotor sounds that then blends together so it's 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 like it's not these three girls making sounds and that's it it's like the girls make the sounds and then that sound becomes a sound effect but it is it's formed out of the sounds that they're making because they're just imagining it and it's this genius fucking thing where it's like they start drawing and they start like throwing these ideas about how they can make this machine complete because they have basically a cockpit and they're like what what is this machine missing and then suddenly they're in the anime world but they're now they're wearing like hard hats and they're dressed as engineers and they have wrenches and they're adding things to the physical structure and then it just sort of like magically appears and it's it is this like 
beautiful mixture of like playtime imagination with like the creative process in a collaborative form and it's just genius and it it's so gleeful like i was just watching this and i had this big stupid grin on my face because it's it is gorgeous to look at the writing is great the characters are super likable and believable and like everything is just everything just lands and then like what you're experiencing is just like the joy of creating something that exists to be cool yeah and and it's 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 it is truly joyful it's it's one of it's one of the best anime that i've seen in a long time which is really fantastic and i i will say that this is one of the reasons we wanted to do this weekly jump as part of this so that we could start experiencing more and more of the world of anime while we're you know spending time talking to people with anime stuff and like this is this is a gem I think this is going to be one of the ones that like people are talking about is like a, a masterpiece that sort of breaks the mold. Um, it has an animation style that is like um, it is not as uh, it is not as uh, a specific specific style is something like a Miyazaki um but it is definitely of that same caliber where you're like watching it and you're just like this is this is astounding artwork that I am watching yeah. and it and that it does it also has a sequence like the episode the first episode opens with the character discovering anime mm-hmm. like falling in love with it so if you like anime uh Welcome to our show about anime. Uh, why are the non-liking anime people here at all? Uh, but two, like, it, it's just a sequence where you watch someone see a really well-done anime for the first time and realize the, you know, vast, infinite possibilities of this imaginative world and this imaginative medium and it it's so relatable and it's so beautiful and it's just it's just fucking great this whole uh, god i want to watch so much more of this show it's so good cool um so that is our gush of this week um so <sighs> uh, stick with us after these credits and we will uh, give you a give you a life lesson Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. 
We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Viz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with Comic Book Keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Rolled Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind Podcast Network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com. We'll see you next week, and until then... You know what? Don't freak out if your friend turns into a mythical tiger. It's going to be okay. They're going to change back tomorrow. I mean, we've all been there, you know? (laughs) 